Hey, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steve, and you're watching, listening. I don't know who to cater. Experiencing. I don't know who to cater to anymore. Like, I love- You are ingesting. Ingesting? 60 Cycle Hump, guitar, buying, selling, trading, fixing, modding, breaking, reviewing, playing podcast. Did I do it all? I feel like you missed one, but I don't know I which one. I didn't miss any, Steve. I got probably them all. didn't. The flow's a little weird, but- <laughs> All right. Welcome. Yeah, yes, welcome. You moved the camera closer than usual. I did, and I set it to a wider angle ah. to get more of the room behind you us. You want me uh, to look fatter? Let us know in the comments. A wider angle doesn't make you look fatter. It just yeah. makes the room My body bigger. makes me look fatter. <laughs> You're slim, Steve. Both I'm, of us I'm have slimmed okay. down. I've lost weight. You've lost I'm weight. Actually, I'm actually heavier than I was a year ago. Really? Mm-hmm. That's all muscle, though. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What you got new, man? Um, I did a thing like uh, this past Sunday for church uh-huh. playing where I, I packed a mini board instead yeah. of my usual great big pedal board. Your and I think it's board. the first time I've ever done that for a worship setting. Even going back to like my original homemade boards, they were all big. Right. And I'd have, you know, like a dozen pedals or whatever. I, I slimmed down to... Like I mean, I'm sure. Pedals, I'm I sure there was a point somewhere in there where you. The slimmest I ever got was when I was running the pod. Oh yeah, because well, that I, was I would technically say there just was, one there thing. There was probably somewhere in there where you were just like showing up and using like two pedals, but and not even using a board. Or did you always have a board? I think I always had a board. Oh. I think I didn't start playing at church until I had a board. I used to just show up with a bunch of pedals in a box and I'd have to put it together every week and everyone would like look at me and be like, are you done yet? <laughs> yeah, I remember your little suitcase box. So I put my my poly mini tuner on there. Mm-hmm. Um, then I put the, the Rev G4 because I'd just gotten that and I wanted to mess with it. Then I put the fifty fifty, of course. Of course. Of course. I don't I don't play without the fifty fifty. Like I didn't like I'm legit about you that. You would pedal. never sell your fifty fifty for like three hundred and seventy five dollars on reverb. I mean money's money. <laughs> but I've got two of them now. Uh and then I had my Dunlop mini volume. Because mm-hmm. I've got to have volume control at church for my sweet. I really want one of those. They're great. Do they have rubber feet? Um, I've got it laying around here somewhere. It's got a rubber bottom on it. Which is kind of a pain in the butt because the big Velcro pad on there I have on there like pulls off when it gets hot, like in a heat oh, wave okay. or something like that. Which we have not experienced in several months. So it squeaks when you do it by hand. You'll notice that. But if you've got your foot on it, giving it good pressure, it doesn't squeak. So I don't oh, know why that is if I need to oil it or something. But they're also... Uh, that's real annoying. It's really annoying. Uh, but it's only when you're using your hands. Yeah. No, I, a, when I pushed it down, like, with the full weight of my yeah. musculature. Yeah. There you see go. That? See No No noise. It's all, like, a weight thing. Like, mm-hmm. when you don't have enough weight on there, it squeaks. Uh, there's an adjustment in there to adjust the tension of the, the, the treadle. Ooh. So it could be really loose and flappy if you want. Yeah. It might just be that squeaking. Probably have it too tight. But I like it nice and firm and smooth. Uh, and then after that, I used um, the Nux Atlantic to get reverb and delay into one pedal slot that was left. Yeah. Because then I used the uh, the Nux Solid Studio to be my amp. I'm pretty sure it's New X. I like Nux better. Right. I like to rock the Nux. <laughs> and so... Is that a thing that only Greatest Generation listeners will probably. understand? All... I think our people, yeah. I think our crossover audience is like ten people, maybe. I hope it's bigger than that. I hope so too. Um, I hope that hundred dollars. 
How about $100 commercial or no $200 commercial priority one is paying dividends? <laughs> if you're a Greatest Generation fan and a 60 Cycle Hum fan, please let us know in the comments wherever you are. Um, I know there's at least two people, but I think they listened to I think they found out about the gen- Greatest Generation from us. I know that our uh, Rules of Acquisition episode is like our most played ever. Really? Yeah. So that might tell you something. Um, but yeah, was, we need to make another one. It That's was interesting it to me. have a pedal board that most of it was utility mm-hmm. and only a couple of things on there were like, yeah, this is my, my sexy tone maker, you know? Well, I mean, it was like I had the amp box. Okay, the that's, Studio. U- that's utility. That's utility. The volume is utility. Yeah. The tuner is utility. Okay. That's half of the pedal board. Um, then the other half. The 5050, the Atlantic. And the, uh, the G4. Okay. So it's two drives and a delay and reverb combo. So I was missing a lot of like the fun, wacky stuff I usually like to have. Right. Like, you know, like stacks delays and vibratos and tremolos and, you know, phasers and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I was missing my wah pedal. Oh. But <laughs> wah, a wah pedal. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> but I got through the set just fine. I played as good as I normally do, right? And it sounded good. I don't technically need all that stuff. I just like to have it. Like you don't need any of the stuff. Played, I could, you probably actually played better, and you don't even realize. I could it. show. We could all just show up with just a guitar and an amp. Every time you put and on, make it work. I, probably like I don't know. Seventy-five percent of the time, you use harmonic trim. Your drummer is like freaking out going like what in the world is that <laughs> uh, what is ryan doing this time bottle opener on the wall yeah a bottle opener attached to your bottle opener yep double bottle openers uh so yeah i, f- I feel like i learned things about myself i feel like uh i'm more aware of who i am as a player now that i wasn't burdened by all these effects and i'm never gonna do it again i'm going back to my full-size board <laughs> from now on because i like all those fun effects my and I, you know it was neat to walk in with a little bag instead of the big yeah. box and people are like oh ryan where's your big board uh it's not that big of a deal to carry in the big board versus the little thing last week i had my uh my one pedal for bass and i was asked if it was a tube screamer since it's green I was like, no. He's like, oh well, it's green. So I just figured it was some kind of tube screamer. I mean, that's a good assumption. I was make. like, no, it's a, it's a, it's a muff. It's a muff. No big it's deal. A muff style. No big deal. It's a pickle pie. <laughs> pickle. Pie. That's what you use on bass now. Just the, the muff. The Renin cuff. It's designed for bass. Hmm? Uh, I want to put a couple other it's things strong together enough for, for board, guitar, but uh, it's uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would be the opposite. Like, usually, bass pedals are have a little. What was that a marketing tagline for? It was like deodorant or something. Like that. It was for a women's. It's made for women, but strong. But no, strong enough for a man. But made for. Women. But made for a woman. I think. I think that's what it was. It was like like because it was supposed to something because it was supposed to be like uh, that. The deodorant was like was like a powerful odor fighter. But it was also like pow- men smell bad. It was also like powdery. What's like, your deodorant, Steve? What do you use? I use Old Spice Classic, always. And by classic, I mean like the alcohol. Are you a daily the alcohol based deodorant user? Yeah, every morning. I don't use it anymore. Well, you work from home. Yeah, but it's still like even then. Like I don't. I used to not 
I can just not be able to handle like my own stink. Be like, ah, oh, I'm stinky. I'm not comfortable mm. with this. I feel like I don't stink anymore. It's just part of my routine. It used to, I used to feel so gross if I didn't have deodorant on and I could start to smell like my stink, but I don't smell that stink anymore. I think I aged out of it. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I know there are like some concerns with certain, like with alcohol, with aluminum based deodorants that uh-huh. they can actually like give you breast cancer, give you issues over time. Is breast cancer one of them? I yeah. don't know. Like the aluminum. Right. I don't, yeah. I mean, I don't, I know there's like different health concerns, but yeah. I've, what kind of podcast is this right now? <laughs> well, you just asked me about my deodorant. <laughs> most people want to know. My fault. Most people want to know why I still use Old Spice when, Classic. When I, uh, when I use deodorant, I've got a stick of Old Spice that I grab. But I is think. it classic or is it, is it high endurance? Uh, it's the Fiji smell. Oh, I, so it's that. Yeah. I know it. I know that stuff. I think that's the, it. I've got a stick of fresh. High endurance. I couldn't. I smelled all of like the weird smells, like all of the newer ones, and I couldn't like. I didn't like any of them. I don't want to smell like those things. Everyone, post in the comments your uh, deodorant of choice, or tell us that you, uh, you know, you don't use it at all if you want to. I don't care. I'm glad we got the silliness in after we silly? talked about gear. Was that silly? What's new with you, Steve? You have anything new? Yeah, I got. Um, we I got these sent to me. Um, these are wrist grips and they are like a little, a little wrist sleeve, I guess, um, for guitar players, I like for that, musicians. Like when I get stuff sent to me, it's like pedals and amps and guitars and stuff. And Steve goes, Steve goes for the anti-arthritis yeah, so, treatments. Well, you know, for me, I don't, I don't know how your day is, but like I have a mix of like a lot of time in the desk and a lot of time. Like doing repetitive motion things, so this with was like wrist. a pretty good with my wrist. That's a masturbation I'm a, joke. I'm a scientist. That's what I do. Um, but uh, I want to try these out. I've only used them a couple times, and I can definitely see how they would help. Like they do add like a lot of support to your wrist, and like they is do it for your strumming hand or your fretting for hand? both. Oh. You would That's wear why it on both. Two of them. Um, but I guess like you, if you only were having issues with one wrist, um, then you would only wear it on that one. But uh, yeah, so far I've I've only used them a couple times. I can definitely see how they would be helpful. I don't really have wrist problems, so um, yeah, me either. My wrists are nice and so strong. So I don't. It might not necessarily be a thing. That's what but, I've known for. But I could town. be. I could see like, like again, like wrists. if you were, um, if you were in a job where you were doing a lot of repetitive motion already, then this would be. Uh, this would could be something good for you. They've I got think. a picture of a hand holding. Drumsticks and a hand holding a, a guitar neck. Yeah, that's the that's the market is drummers and guitar players. Yeah, no, it makes sense. I'm looking forward to uh, giving these a more featured review in a couple weeks. Hopefully, um, I'll have to try these out a few more times. But uh, yeah, I I think uh, I think there's definitely. Well, I'm looking like forward a lot of to your report, for. Steve. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Sounds interesting. So... I don't I don't know uh, pe- people out there if you've got wrist issues. Uh, give us some insight. Let us know. I'm doing a lot of interaction call-outs in this episode. Let us know if that's something that makes sense or does anything. Like, do you already use wrist guards and you need wrist guards that are specific to being a musician? I don't know anything about it. What do you know anything about, I mean, they, about, sent, they sent you product. They're not an official sponsor or anything just because they sent you stuff. Just want to put you in your place, Steve. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know either. 
I'm just being a dork. Are they only an official sponsor when they put cash in my pocket? Yeah. That's what it comes down to, Steve. Okay. We want that money. All right. Uh, speaking of wanting we that money. We can't be bought or sold unless it's a lot of money. Buy us with a lot of money. We have integrity. It takes a lot of money to buy 60 cycle home. Oh, my gosh. I wish that was true. <laughs> uh, you want to jump into it? Uh, yeah. This first ad was sent by Matt Hadley. It's a 1959 Airline 7214 with original amp in case. Uh, this in case of what? In, an amp in case. In case of what? In case of guitar. Okay. Um. It says this thing is super cool. It's a short, it's short scale like a Fender Mustang, and the amp is basically a five watt Fender Champ. Dude, I saw a Fender Champ on on a Facebook Marketplace today for two hundred dollars. Silverface Champ, like an the original. Guy said it was yeah. Damn, dude. Uh, I thought about sending it to you, but it was in San Marcos, so I knew neither of us <sighs> was going to drive there. San Marcos. Did you see the weather today? Yeah. No. Exactly. That's why I didn't bother. Yeah. It was the the air was wet and fast. Very fast. I'm not driving to San Marcos for an amp. Uh, I believe it's all original aside from the tuners. The amp is still 110 volts, so you need to step down um, because this is in uh, Australia. Right. I don't know if it's ever been recapped or revalved, but it works and sounds great. Reissue Airlines are in a similar, excuse me, in a similar ballpark, and this is a USA-made vintage instrument. I'm sure it can only go up in value, and it sounds so much better than the Silvertone amp in case models. Built by Valco. Oh, uh, Silvertone in amp case model. Sorry. Uh, this was built by Valco. Think National slash Supro around 1959, maybe early 60s. I would consider some trades, but I really only want a rocker verb or maybe a Jaguar right now. The thing that really grabbed me about this, because we've seen, you know, airlines over the years. We've mm-hmm. seen amps and cases. Yeah, the, the Silvertone so amp like- and case is a pretty... Like it's a standard thing to see pop up on the U.S. market. I have never seen this style amp in case. I've never seen a case this style. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, it's the dimensions of a guitar case, but instead of opening like a clamshell Mm -hmm. or like a book, it opens like, what would you say that even opens like? It like the the small side of it opens up, yeah. so it's like the guitar is on its side when you pull it out of the case. And part of me sees that and wishes I had a case like that because, like, every time you unpack on a stage, you have you to have lay to, your case flat. You have to lay your case down and open it all the way up, and it takes up all this room. This you walk in the part where the handle is. Mm-hmm. You put you put down the case, and then you just flip up the side, and then the guitar pulls out the side. Yeah. The downside to that design is that there's not the clamshell clamping onto the guitar. Yeah, it's going like to be and bouncing like around in there for sure. Soft fabric. like it's, it's just kind of floating in there, which is not ideal. This guitar is beautiful, The too. guitar is really cool. Like, I don't Look know at if, that bridge. I don't know if I've seen an airline like this before. It's a really cool setup here. How much is he asking for it? $1,100. But that's Australian? Uh, yeah, I guess. So I don't know what that is U.S. It's probably like like two sandwiches and a six-pack. Yeah. No, I think it's like you have to – I think $1,100 Australian gets you like three jars of Vegemite mm. and uh, 
and like one wallaby baby. Oh, <laughs> a baby wallaby? <laughs> Those are expensive, Steve. Good day, mate. <laughs> I don't know how Australian money works. I didn't even know they had money. Yeah, I thought they I, just fought each other in I the street I, until they still the, surrendered goods to each I other. I thought it was still the barter system. <laughs> Once a month, a British ship lands on the shore and all the prisoners in Australia I was say, what run they, down to the shore to fight over the scraps. What do they need currency for? They're a prison. Why, are, a we, prison. why are we trashing on Australia? A I don't country know. Which doesn't even exist. It was made up by NASA. <laughs> no, that's New Zealand. That's why they're only on, like, some maps. Most maps New Zealand does not include it because those map makers know New Zealand does not exist. All right. Um, yeah, I think it's really cool looking. I can't say that I would be tempted to go buy it if it was local unless it was, like, a crazy cheap price. Yeah. Did he say that the amp is working? Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, he just yeah, said that uh, it needs to be... Have you a need step to down. step down because it's Australia. Yeah. Um, there's one of these on... What kind of power do they run Oh, on dang. There's a 1964. Do they just plug straight into, like, a lightning bolt in Australia? Something like that. Just Dude, check, raw power from this nature. Out. This is a gold one. $800 on reverb. For just the guitar? Uh, guitar and amp. Oh, really? So it's a 1964 Airline 7214 amping case gold guitar oh, with manual gold. tremolo effect. So apparently the guitar itself has built-in tremolo. Or maybe that's oh, the, Show me the full picture. That's the, that's the guitar. Manual tremolo effect. That must be that little red bar sticking out right there. Yeah. This one has it too. Where'd it's it just go? not discussed. Yeah, the guy doesn't discuss it. I wonder if this these are different pickups because it's a different year or if the pickups were swapped or something. Maybe. I, they could just be completely different covers than the same pickup. Mm, true. The gold oh, yeah, one looks like it's in better shape, honestly. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's, this is like 800. Like gold, this is too. 800 in shipping. Um, there's and a that's few, in the U.S. That's in the U.S. There's uh, some other ones on there. Um, these are attractive guitars. Someone's going to buy these and decide whether or not they're any good, I guess. You can tell that they have really tiny vintage frets when you're looking at the side of this. Oh, yeah. For a light-handed player, these guys. Oh, wow, yeah. I played some. I played a vintage Gibson at NAMM. I forget where. Somebody was like, dude, check this out. Gosh, where was that? Anyway, um it was it was definitely maybe it was a base. Oh, it was at the pancake thing. Oh, okay. I at didn't the go Flip to that. And Flippers pancake breakfast. Um, Jonathan Fellows bought this um, old base. I forget that Val is a Valco base, maybe. Uh huh. And it was definitely like in that fretless wonder Japanese base category. Like, I when I first looked, at it, I was like, "How is this even playable? Like, the frets are so low." And I started playing it. I was like. Oh my gosh, dude, this is incredible. I mean, if they're set up nice and it's like the best of both worlds. It's no, this like one was definitely set up properly. The the ease of like fretless, but with like, you know, frets. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Genius over here. Deep thoughts from Ryan. <laughs> All right, we ready? Speaking of deep thoughts from Ryan. 
Do we want to cover this heavy, heavy topic? We did write it down, and people do want us to talk about it. I mean, we we didn't write any anything else down, so we have to do it. Yeah. I mean, it was the hot topic last week on Thursday, so now's Monday. Yep. Four days later, five days later, I can't count calendar days. Uh, something like that. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Four days. I was right. Four days. Or is it three days? Because there's three days in between. It doesn't matter. So anyways, Ryan Adams is in the news. Not Brian Adams. Not Brian Adams. Let's get it straight. This is Ryan Adams. A bunch of of people came out and said, hey, he's a bad dude. Literally bad bad things to women. So so here's uh, the deal. Sexting with with teenagers on the internet. uh, So I, I posted like, what should we talk about tonight? And Four of the first five comments are all Ryan Adams. Are talk about Ryan Adams or talk about something related to Ryan Adams. One person does say anything but Ryan Adams. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Skip to the next topic, I guess. Yep. Ooh. So what's uh do you ever listen to him? Do you have any interest in Ryan Adams as a musician? The only time I ever spent I any time like looking into him or thinking about him was when I demoed his uh, his walrus puppy. The only song of his that I have knowingly ever heard was um, New York, New York. Okay. How does that go? I don't know. I love you, New York. That's all I know. It's very like – I don't know. Apparently, he's like super talented and whatever. These but, are weird lyrics, Steve. Yeah. That's the only line of the entire song that I know. I remember it coming out. In like 2003 or whatever. You're, and they, you're still reciting the song? This is no. a weird song. <laughs> I don't it's know. hard to see why this guy's popular if that's the way his song is. I really are. don't. I know very, very little about Ryan Adams. Yeah, me too. But I, I do know that tons of people love Ed him. Yeah. No longer love um, him. Maybe he, a lot of people still do love him. He was popular enough with musicians and good singer-songwriter, guitar player types that he had... He had two signature pedals with uh, two different major, I would say major, like mid-size effects companies. Companies that everyone knows. We're talking about the JHS VCR and the Walrus Audio DEFCON 4, Mm -hmm. which you did the demo on the DEFCON 4. Right. Uh, And then he had a partnership going with uh, Benson Amps uh, that hadn't, had only really produced a prototype to this point, but it was like pretty popular at NAMM 2018. And all of those are gone now. They've all been scrubbed from the internet, and these various companies have all issued statements, yeah, so saying that they, that they're going to figure something out to uh, distribute product in the future that will benefit people. Yeah. So, um, so the short version, I guess, is um, in addition to like a number of BuzzFeed type level, I guess I would say publications or or just like off of well, all those non- are just feeding off of the initial article, which was from the New York Times. Was that the right? initial article? Was yeah. New York Times. So New York Times and and I saw an article from the Washington Post, and those were the two the two big ones. Uh, basically, put put an article and and so I read some. I didn't read the New York Times article, but I did see people say that the New York Times. Uh, basically has seen the text messages. Uh, but um, Phoebe Bridgers, who's an up-and-coming, I would say she's up-and-coming singer-songwriter, kind of been like the... So she's part of Boy Genius with Julian Baker and Lucy Dacus. Okay. 
you should learn about these things. I don't know anything. I think you would really it's kind of like the are you familiar with the with the genre bedroom pop? It's like lo-fi. It's like a lo-fi. It sounds fun. Yeah, it's bedroom pop is cool. I think you would like it. Yeah. Um it's kind of a lo-fi rambly. Tend to be a lot of like sad songs by uh and it's a largely um at least in what I found of it it's actually like a lot of women. Okay. Um, uh, so anyway, um, it's probably not all women, but at least the artists I found, um, that's all so, looking for. so Phoebe Bridgers, um, Mandy Moore, who is his ex-wife uh-huh. and then another artist, Courtney J, who I'm not as familiar with. Those three are like the main three names. I feel like we shouldn't go over the actual news story of it because so, so, at well, this no. point everyone's been beat to death with it. Right. So my point is like that is that these were these were all musical artists that he came in contact with that he basically set started off with like, hey, let me help you produce music, and at some point that turned into like, hey, you're really pretty, let's hang out and I'll produce your music. Right. Um. And I was thinking about this today, and I was thinking about it in the context You're saying of, he was hitting on him. Yeah, and I was thinking about, like, where some people have talked about, like, well, there's this power dynamic there because in the case of, like, Phoebe Bridgers, she was 20 and he was 40 when this all went down. And I think, well, she, I think the power dynamic's more about, like, him being a star. Well, there's that, too. But, yeah. But, like, I'm saying, like, that dynamic of, of I mean, like, age is a, you know, can be of, a factor uh, You know, if, if uh, there's a difference between... Um, if, if we were, you know, pulling like, um, you know, a million downloads a month and some, and some new podcast people that we really liked came up that were dudes and we were like, look, you guys, you need to do what we tell you and you'll be, and I can make you famous. Right. Uh, like there's already any inequality because we're celebrities and they're not. Sure. Versus like if it was a a woman starting a podcast and we were like, hey, you need to listen to what we're doing, what we tell you because we're gonna make you famous. Also, you're really pretty. Yeah, give me a kiss right on lips. So that was that's part of that whole thing. Also, yeah, he was like. Apparently- I mean, we did make the gear slum give us kisses on the lips. That is not true. Well, maybe you did. I did not. Uh, there's also something with like some Steve texting. Steve doesn't feel like texting. he made them do it. He feels like they just did it because they wanted to. But <laughs> I told them they had to do it. Um, what angle did you want to take on this? I was going to go more in the line of talking about like two things. Sure. Um, there's a pushback from various commenters that seem to all be the same person over and over again on, uh, you know, the different manufacturers <laughs> posts about like why they're pulling product and whatnot and what they're going to do in the future. Or it's just the same type of person. Just like, what about due process? Why are we, why are we, you know, like convicting these people when they haven't gone through due process? I just want to like talk about that for a second. Like, what are you even talking about? That's nonsense. Yeah. These yeah. companies are private companies that don't want to be associated with someone who's got a tarnished name, whether it's true or not. Because if like some people are saying like, Oh, why don't you just sit on it and don't like take, take the product down and don't talk about it. Don't do anything. Don't tell anyone, which and then wait, wait to see like how it all turns out. Which These companies that we're talking about did take the product down for like 
maybe 12 yeah. or 18 hours before they but do you made think, a statement. Do you think for a second that there's not a big amount of people watching those companies waiting for the statement? And if a statement isn't made and something isn't done, they're going to be like, how come you didn't say anything? Yeah. Oh, you're just going to let this like slide. And then the impression there is like, oh, they're like besties with this guy and they're not going right. to call him out or right. they're, they're not going to do anything because this and that or they're afraid of a celebrity or sure. whatever. Sure, and I'm sure there were contracts in place where they said, or I, I, my guess is the way it works out with these is, you know, artist X collects royalties as long as this is produced and the, and the manufacturer reserves the right to pull production at any time for any reason. Right. You know, and uh, so oh, I'm sure so there's real contracts simple. involved. Oh, there's yeah. definitely real. And I contracts. sure went both ways. Like, where the you know the artist involved anytime can be like, hey, if if you know public relations with your company, yeah, goes south, I can separate myself from you. Like, yeah, people protect themselves. I don't see this way. as a bad move. Um, I do like. I did it like. Seems like the logical like. The the move that any company would I, make. I did like your suggestion though to uh, to Walrus Audio that they just go to whatever remaining model uh, units that they have, cross out Adams and write Burke on it. Yeah, and then you will be my signature. I'll take his. I'll take his uh, his royalty. I was going to offer that they can just sell it at whatever price they want, and you don't get any royalties. Just you know, you just get those. Steve. You get those sweet sweet exposure bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, whichever company wants to do it, they can fight over me behind the scenes. Why don't they, they both can, do it? They can definitely just write my name. Have over you ever played the VCR? I did when it came out at NAMM. Oh, I've never. Played. Right, it's it's a good pedal. I mean, it's it's three effects in one pedal. I mean, with with really simple mm -hmm. controls. Yeah. Um, What's the other angle? The other angle is talking about like the realities of. This person has a giant audience, and he's just lost a lot of them. He didn't lose all of them, right? But there's people who will never support him again, and then their comparison is being made by people that's like, "Well, what about this band? What about that band? What about this classic oh, band? Yeah. What yeah. about these bands from the past? What about you know uh, 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 Led Zeppelin? What about Chuck Berry? You know mm -hmm. things like that. What about James Brown? You know." Like all these different legacy acts that people aren't like burning their albums in the street or anything like that, and people aren't pulling products from them. Um, what about that, Steve? How do you what feel about, about it? that? Well, I do think uh, it's interesting that in 2019, Greta Van Fleet won its Grammy for Best Rock Artist. Uh, yeah, but, but Led they, Zeppelin never won a Grammy. Yeah, but they never kidnapped a fourteen-year-old girl and is kept, that a thing kept her as a sex slave. Is that a thing that Led Zeppelin did? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes! <laughs> That's a real thing from real history. Man, yeah. I don't even want to talk about this anymore. It's dark. Um, and the, I, like I, I think you mentioned, like, and no one like complains that. Um, they they use immigrant song in Guardians of the Galaxy, right? Or anything like that, right? You know, they use immigrant song in like a few All more kinds a few of Marvel stuff. places. It's definitely like oh, it's a it's Thor's. It's theme like song. Thor's theme yeah. song, yeah. Which I think it might it might actually be in Guardians of the Galaxy too, because Thor is in Guardians. Anyway. Right, right. Um, so uh, yeah, I think there are I think there are a lot of like classic artists that you know some of the behavior you could say is like is problematic now, but maybe was less problematic in its time because culture was dumber. 
Um, I think also like news was slower. That's true. Since by the time you found out about something, it already happened. I think there's also, and also it wasn't like, like this could have never happened in the early eighties where like six different victims, like, got together and we're like, right. Hey, let's do like an article together. Well, there's also things where, you know, we, they talk about like, Oh, we're in an outrage culture now, but it's like, does that mean that just because we weren't outraged about things in the past, like that we shouldn't be outraged about them now? Or does it just mean like it took us a really long time to figure ourselves out on this particular, on like any given particular topic in the case of like rock and roll in general, I was reading an article today kind of tangential to all of this conversation that was where somebody kind of addressed that and said like, yeah, it's all problematic. And for each individual, you have to decide like, do, do the problems of, of music history mean that basically all music should be off limits or at least like huge swaths of music should be off limits. Um, and this was actually particularly, angled on um on like the mid or like the early 2000s like punk and emo scenes right because those two scenes were grown out of like the 90s like dc hardcore and grunge scenes and like punk rock scenes which which those scenes were actually like fairly like women fronted like there were a lot of women fronted uh punk bands in like the nineties and you had like right. artists, you had bands like whole, you had Courtney love, you had yeah. Nirvana coming out and saying like, yeah, we like all, there's all these like awesome, like riot girl punk bands that we see, you know, around that same time. And somehow like that segment, like kind of waned. And then we got a bunch of like whiny emo kids, a lot of music that I consumed that I never really thought about the lyrics, but when you go back now and be like, man, like all you guys did was complain about how no girl wanted to go out with you. Like, and it was always like, a vague description of a girl. Sure. And then you realize like that, that problem, like that's always existed, whether, you know, it's, you know, the Rolling Stone singing about wanting to have like a, like a woman under, under my thumb, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, you know, that there is all, there's always this pressure that exists in like every genre of pop music. But is it, is it, is the problem like what, people writing songs about or is the problem what i mean i mean in the grand scheme of things the, there's the problem is the culture and, and whatever but right. like like i mean i feel like ryan adams could have come out with a, come out with a song where he sings about like this fictional thing where right you know he's in a romance with it with uh people and you know whatever and it wouldn't be an issue because that's the art that's like the fiction the fiction but then like you find out that you know, someone who is maybe like your musical hero or someone you're a big fan of is doing legit like crappy stuff in real life. Yeah. And it it causes people to not want to listen to them anymore. Like I don't I don't know. I don't I don't feel like I'm not like a hero worship guy. There's like no bands or artists where I'm like, oh, if they did this then I would be like crushed or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But then a lot of the music I listen to is like really old. Right. So it's like by the time I found out about these musicians, like everyone already knew yeah. about or a, everything they or had a bunch done. of them are already they're dead. They're so gone. Yeah. Like, you know, like like who cares if Chuck Berry likes peeing on people 
Like if that's the second thing you learn about him when you're learning about his music, you know? <laughs> the first thing it's like you, you're learning about someone in history. The first like thing you learn is that every Chuck Berry song is the same. The second yeah. thing you learn is that he peed on people. <laughs> As like, do we stop listening to the Beatles because John Lennon was an abusive asshole who beat all his wives and like, like mentally, emotionally scarred his son and things like that. Right. He's just an all around awful person. Well, and there's that whole conversation about, you know, uh, granted, like, you know, emo- not the, and this isn't to downplay emotional abuse by any right, means. Right. But one of the comments that I saw today on the Ryan Adams things is, is the issues between him and Phoebe Bridgers, between him and, you know, these different, the women that he worked with professionally, those things are just kind of like scummy scumbag things to do. Sure. Like being an emotionally abusive person is makes you a bad person. It means you're bad at relationships. Or yeah, know. if you know, but it's not illegal to be a douche. You're just a douche. Yeah. Whereas like I mean the really big thing in there whereas is Whereas kidnapping a 14-year-old, right. That's actually illegal. Yeah. All of Jimmy Page. <laughs> So you but, know, then, but then, yeah, I mean, the the real thing, like if the, if this article had come out and be like, oh, like Ryan Adams' ex girlfriends and ex wives don't like him because he wasn't good at being, you know, in relationships with them, it'd be like, yeah, that's like a lot of people, but yeah. because he was dangling fame in front of people and like like career opportunities as like a manipulative thing, that's gross because he was sexting with minors, minor, yeah. I don't know. That's awful. Yeah. That's terrible. Um, so those are the things that really matter. But it's like, I wonder, like, I wonder if like a, a band that, if there was a band that I really, really liked now, and I found out that one of the members was doing awful things like this, would I feel the need to stop listening to them and stop supporting them. I'd certainly probably never go to like a live show. Right. And, and I think that's, I wouldn't see, want to see them in person, but it's like, I I feel like at a certain point, like when I'm listening to, like if I listen to Chuck Berry or if I listen to the Beatles or something like that, like it's not their music anymore when I'm listening to it. It's like, I'm listening. It's, right. It's, it's, my the, music. it's the universe's music. Like they're, they're long gone and moved on. And right. Not, they don't have a stake. They're to not it. really pros. They're not really necessarily profiting. Versus when they're when they're an extremely active like I, Ryan Adams, I think it's supposed to be dropping an album in the next month, right? And his album sales are probably going to like completely fail now. Like if if I could go see the Beatles today or jump back in a time machine, I'd have a tough time standing there in a crowd watching them and be like, oh yeah, that guy over there, completely unrelated. He just like smacks his wives around. Yeah, completely unrelated to that did you see the trailer for the new danny boyle movie i did i did i'm kind of excited about it but i do i, I do love me some danny Boyle. i feel like it should be a uh i feel like it should be a like a 35 minute black mirror i mean yeah versus a movie that's true, that's true. <laughs> all right um yeah i i think that's probably like the most balanced way to look at it is like you know i know people who with brand new um still listen to some of the albums, but they don't really talk about, if you say like, Hey, who's your favorite band? Like they're no longer going to say like right. brand new is my favorite band. They still listen to them and they're not going to buy any of their new stuff. They're not going to, but, but it's like, it, it is hard to like 
completely cut yourself off from something like if you that was that is like a that is like it's kind of, of like you. a part of you. You can like do, you can cut yourself off from things that are in the future. But then the thing maybe that, that's why it makes it so upsetting to people who are big fans right. of artists like this who get wrapped up in like their own awfulness. It's like it is it is part of you as the audience, and it feels like you're one of the people being betrayed and being abused by this because you let them into you right in a certain way, and they betrayed you know that relationship that you had through their art. However, you know, like, well, I think this also like says a lot about is. the way that we consume music as a society where, again, I, I'm using, I use brand new as a reference just because of the articles I was reading today, because sure. it is, this is like another case of uh, a front, uh, you know, an artist uh, who basically was accused of things that very similar to what Ryan Adams is, is, uh, accused of sure i guess um i mean due process steve oh my gosh dude process dude. what is dude process <laughs> it's what a, is this dude process dude, everyone's talking dude about? process is when um is when a celebrity does something horrible and a bunch of companies that uh are cap like ultimately capitalist decide this this guy is bad for business so we're going to do the capitalist thing and cut him off get him out of here dude and a bunch of a What's bunch the process of process to get this dude out of here and then a bunch of aggro white guys are like hey man he no one no judge has said guilty yet there's been no jury that's the dude process it's a bunch of dudes saying there's been no process and a bunch of capitalists going yeah, but like this is bad for like. It's, I don't want to say it's a purely capitalistic decision on the yeah, yeah. on these companies, but from a business marketing perspective, I mean, like, it's back, obvious. Certainly, back to these these companies that have product with them, like they're taking a huge financial loss because they have product that's been produced. Yeah, whatever's that, on whatever's currently on the shelf, they have to figure out what to do with it. And now. they might have financial. Uh, contracts in place where they still have to pay out certain amounts yeah they the artists they, they may have they may end up recalling like they may not sell anything directly from their own stores but they are you know and i, I we're not be, privy to the finances of these no companies i'm just speculating but, wildly but if you're go, you know you got to fear there's probably a bunch of like shops there all, might be a minimum guarantee to get well like an artist like that is jhs know? sold in guitar center now i don't know i feel like they might be well if they're in any kind of store like that you know, do they contact the store and say, "Look, we're recalling all of these units. We'll refund you your." Oh, I don't think it works that way. I think they just don't move product they already have. Well, they I don't, mean, they don't it, ship anything new out. You never know, though. Guitar Center might be like, "We're sending these all back." Yeah, I don't. I mean, again, we're not, that's a level of detail that we're not privy to. But yeah. it's but it's a reality. Like it's not like there's no impact on people on are these taking serious financial hits because this dude. is But an yeah, awful people. Person. There are people out there who are like. Anyway, what I was actually talking going about is the issue with the way we consume music is that we don't think about it. Right. We just listen to it and we mumble the hook, and we don't actually listen to what's going it on. It would be nice in if the we rest didn't of the have song. to think about it, but we've made the personalities behind the music part of the fandom experience. Right. And it's like, if you, if you didn't know any like tabloid stuff from any of these people, you would never know. And it would be like any other industry. Like, I don't know, like 
if the dude who you know owns a McDonald's franchise in my neighborhood is good to his girlfriend. Sure, but you're also there's also no signage. So I would say the difference between that is like you listen to a band that's like writing a love song, like writing a breakup song, right. saying like, you know, this girl destroyed my life, and like, oh, if I like, you know, did it like basically, there like there are artists out there who write breakup songs that will say like, oh, you know, this thing, this girl ruined my life and everything's horrible now. And like, I wish she would just die and whatever. Jeez. And you just go like, oh yeah, I identify with that emotion. Or maybe again, right. like maybe it has a really cool hook and you just, you're really just hearing that hook or you're really just hearing the emotion of the song yeah. and you're not necessarily connecting that with the person. And then 10 years later, you find out that this guy was actually like, emotionally and or physically abusive to the women in his life. And that's the real reason like his girlfriend at the time of writing the song, like left him. And all of a sudden you're like, Oh God, like this song, like you thought it was just a story, but maybe it's real. Right. And that's when things get like really awful. And like, you know, again, like, okay, like Led Zeppelin, 14 year old sex slave girl, whatever. Right. Also has a song called uh, Lemonade or whatever, right? Like now putting those two things together, and I don't know how the timelines line up, but that kind of makes that song real. Like right, that right. song's already gross. Yeah. Now it's like really gross. Like, <laughs> I don't Should even feel on? like we can do a sponsor spot now. Should we move on? Can we move on? That's the question. Can we move on? <laughs> let's do, let's drop some sponsorships after this oh very serious topic. All right, that um, we like really wandered around in. Like we didn't have anything clear to say. We just, I guess that's part of why people listen. Maybe, well, I, I hear us like discuss. I think there's just it's this is a really complicated issue. I think the initial response isn't complicated. No, I think I think the yeah. the bigger picture is where it gets complicated because it goes beyond just an individual an individual interacting with another individual's musical output uh and turns into an individual interacting with again the entirety of recent music history, maybe the entirety of all music history when you consider that like I can't name a single woman composer. Okay. Uh, you know, it wasn't uh, Ludviga, you know, Amadeusa Mozart. It was Amadeus. You know, I mean, like, I don't know if there was a woman equivalent to those people. Right, right. I know, you know, when Mary Shelley was first writing books, she was putting them out, like, under her husband's name. Right. Like, the the Jane Eyre, I'm pretty sure, was publishing books under, like, a man's name at first. Like, there's a lot of stuff like that. Anyway, this week's episode is sponsored by uh, Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Uh, they make cables. And smiles. Uh, this week we're talking about the sliver, which might be the world's smallest soldered it cable. It is the world's smallest it is. soldered Let's cable, be honest. Steve. Um, it's really small. Do we have any around here that we can grab? Probably, maybe. Can we get it? Ryan's getting it. Here's one of the ones that I put together from a kit when they Ooh, first came out with fancy. them. Fancy. Yeah, it's got the gray shrink wrap on there. But it's super, super tiny for a soldered cable. It's smaller than a lot of unsoldered cables, let's be yeah. honest. The price on it is pretty good. I don't remember what it is, but I remember looking at it and then comparing it to prices from other premium patch cable companies and being like, eh, that's a good it's price. Affordable. 
Um, so if you quality, want to check I that out, I haven't had one ever like fail or quit on me. I use them in my demo rig all the time. I use them in my nice. uh, so it means you're you're tugging the on them all the time. Oh yeah, I'm constantly pulling them in and out of pedals and yeah. stuff. Like they they see a lot of abuse. Uh, so that's Sinusoid Pro Audio Couture. Uh, go check out sinusoid.com. Who's our other sponsor? Our other sponsor is Vibes. Vibes. Earplugs. Um, I got them right here in my hand. Steve has a box too. Yep. You uh, are Vibes High Fidelity Earplugs. They have sound enhancing filters. They uh, have noise reduction because all earplugs do. Um, I'm going to slide these guys in right now. Earplugs are important um, because uh, as Ryan and I both know from playing in bands together, like things can get really loud and... Uh, over time, like I used to, we used to have band practice and then I couldn't really like hear normally for two days. Yeah. You just have that persistent ringing, um, like so laying I, awake in bed, staring up at the ceiling, like, oh man, I just saw the coolest loud show. And then yeah. you wake up the next day and it's still ringing and you're like, ah, I'm not having a fun time anymore. And then, so what do you do? You go to like your local sporting goods store or your local hardware store and you get construction foam earplugs. Yeah. The ones and, that look like fish bait. Yeah. They look like fish bait or they're like bright orange. So you don't like mix them up in your, I don't know. So they're easy to pull out of your gun case, I guess. I don't know. Um, and then the problem with those is they're just like, they, they really like kill the high end, but they like almost, they kill the high end so well, it feels like they amplify the low end. Yeah, I always um, hated wearing the foamies because it like you can't actually hear the music you're trying to listen to. Yeah, and then you got these guys. They're nice and small. They, I don't even probably the camera can't even tell. Turn your head sideways, so they're clear. They go in your ear, so they're pretty like low profile. They're, they're clear. They're pretty they discreet. go in your ear. Vibes, um, earplugs. Oh my gosh. Uh, they have uh, their noise reduction is like is they have a filter in it so it says fifteen fil- decibels right there. Yeah, am um, I talking louder than normal? You might be. I feel like I'm talking louder than normal, <laughs> but I can hear I can hear you really clearly. You're just quieter. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the idea. Is like they because they have this filter in it, it's gonna going to block sound differently at different frequencies, so it retains like the the quality of sound when you go to a concert or they whatever. Also- they also come with different sized ear cover things here. I've got the large and the medium here because I've got small ear canals, so I put the small ones on. And they fit They fit really comfortably. I put the large ones on mine. Let's get these in Steve's real quick. Steve's always like, I got big ear holes. Look I do. Me. That's true. Big there we bo- go. Big boy. Uh, so anyway, I guess they're about 20 bucks. And if you want to pick up a pair, head on over to discovervibes.com. Use the promo code 60 cycle to get 15% off. So if it's like 20 bucks and you get 15% off, that's like another $3 off. That's a pretty good deal. That's math. Um, go check them out. Free shipping applies only to customers in the United States. Oh, promo code 60 cycle gets you 15% off plus free shipping. That's a, that's a crazy deal. Uh, so go check that out, uh, discovervibes.com. Ryan's got the product there. In We're really hand. stoked to have them on as a new sponsor. Yeah, thanks, Vibes. Um, now I feel like I'm talking really loud. <laughs> Am They're I not talking for talking. Really They're for listening, Steve. That's true. That's true. Don't worry about your talking. Worry about your listening and protecting right. those beautiful golden ears that you use to make money and entertainment for yourself. We ready to do this next ad? Yeah. Pull those earplugs out, Steve. I don't want you yelling. What? I'm just kidding. That was a joke Steve made. Yeah. All right. This is a a, a Greens Junior. A Greens, Greens Junior, Junior 3, 3. 2010. Painted 
Painted, painted green. He, oh, he beat a, me to the joke. Yeah, suck it, loser. <laughs> uh, this is a Fender Blues Junior 2010 painted green. It's $250. This amp has some problems, but it works. Uh-oh. We got problems. Uh, the volume knob is missing, but still works. The handle is broken, so I made one myself out of rope. I've made amp hand, or I've made handles out of rope. This is not the way to do it. It's not any way to do it. Um, I thought I could scroll away. Okay, the reverb doesn't work because the tip to one of the RCA cables for the for the is broken. How does that? I took a picture of me showing it with my hand. The picture isn't that great. Um, I'm sure you could fix the reverb if desired. You know what part of the reverb is broken? It's the little plug. Yeah, it's, it's just the tip. Oh, uh, I painted the amp with acrylic paint. It should come off if you really scrubbed it. The tubes are at the end of their life and could use replacing. Since the tubes are older, the amp doesn't project as loud compared to fresh tubes. I thought there was more to the description here. It doesn't matter. We've got pictures. Yeah. The pictures um, is all you need. This guy's asking $250 plus $100 shipping, which at that price, I'm pretty sure you could source this locally in like new yeah. condition, like can, in like new condition. You can get a fresh uh, Blues Junior yeah, versus not a, a Greens, Greens Junior. junior. For two fifty, pretty easy. If not for like three hundred, you know. I've so, made I've made a handle. This isn't even actually rope. These are like leather strips. It looks like there's like leather tassels that he ripped off of a purse or something like that, <laughs> and then tied a big knot in each end. I do not believe that the amp can be suspended off of that. I wouldn't want to. It'd be like so floppy. And his his line about being able to scrub off the paint. There's no way. You would have to. You'd be. You'd be rubbing off the Tolex. Yeah. If you were scrubbing that yeah. hard, there's no way. The RCA cable on how the reverb even, needs to be replaced. How do you even break that? I mean, it's, that's probably an easy fix because it's just an RCA cable on both sides, probably. But if that's the thing that he actually thinks is like the biggest issue here, that's like a eight dollar cable. Just replace it. How do you even break that? I don't know. I've never broken one of those in my life. He was probably trying to like take it off and was like wiggling if, it back and forth violently while drunk and it broke. If that broke, like that's one of those things where like you don't buy a car that's got a well-used trailer hitch on it because you know that it's just been through some abuse. Right. If that part is broken in an amp, what the hell were they doing to this? Well, amp? that's the crazy thing too, is this is a blues junior three. So it hasn't been around that long. No. Um, how much would you pay for this? Let's get down to oh, the nitty gritty. Gosh, in the group, like I, without trying it, like like just picking it up, like seventy five bucks maybe. Okay, in the group, I said one hundred and twenty five dollars local, like one hundred and twenty five dollars shipped. I feel like that's still. You think too that's steep. too high? Like this, this thing screams problems. I think I could live with the green. The volume well, the, knob the issue is... The nice thing is, about uh, the green is that if you got this and you used it in videos, you could make it disappear. <laughs> <laughs> you could change the color to be whatever you want. Uh, the volume knob, that's a common problem with amps, like volume knobs breaking off. That's not a common... How many amps have you owned that broke a volume knob? I haven't owned them, but you've owned one. I've owned one and... It Adam's w- Classic 30... It's it, a common enough problem that I've seen it on multiple amps owned by hold other on, people. Hold on, hold on. What is the theme there? How did that volume not break on Adam's amp? Did he buy it that way? He, he bought, bought it that way. way. Yeah. My amp that has broken knobs on it, Adam broke that. Oh, really? 
So the, I think the theme here is that Adam breaks. Well, I I can't say. I've seen. I've. Seen I can't say for sure. Broken off knobs. I guess I can't say for sure that Adam broke the knobs on my amp. But I can only still, say that I did not break them. But it is they were broken while in Adam's care. A sign of abuse. Yeah. Like there's signs of abuse all over this thing. Look, there's a big chunk missing from the Tolex up here in this corner by the control cavity. How does that happen? There's yeah, a that's freaking, a weird spot. There's a freaking leaf down in here. <laughs> Was this in a tree? Is that why he painted it green to hide it in a tree? That's a that's a dumb criticism but yeah but it's just like you can tell that this amp has been through hell and like who knows what'll give out on it on the internals and the guts you know i i you know you you asked how much i would pay i wouldn't pay i don't think i I wouldn't buy this too high of a risk yeah for an amp that's normally 300 bucks 275 easy for being completely clean i would just not take take a risk on it there's I still an, think I would go in at like $100. It's, there's flip value for internal parts only. He says even the tubes are bad. He yeah, says the tubes true. aren't fresh. Like He knows that there's something wrong with it. He think, doesn't think it sounds right. So it's like you're buying this for the speaker, mm-hmm. for like if you need a transformer for another one that's broken. <laughs> like you're, you're buying it for scrap right? at this point. And what is scrap on this? Like, but Ryan, it's got, got that cool Triforce on 40, the back. $40. It's got that sick Triforce, bro. No, thanks. All right. Let's get into the next topic. Cause this is, yeah. Be uh, this next topic is, uh, Klon is in business. Uh, Bill Finnegan, Bill Finnegan is selling also more old news from last week. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, I think music radar and a couple other, um, gear-oriented news sites. This is another one of those Broke this news. We're like, the news for us isn't that this is happening. The news is that, like... The internet's it, having a total meltdown yeah, over it. Yeah, the internet's having a hissy fit over it because they think... Basically, like, the new, the, the articles make it sound like Bill Finnegan is selling new clones for two grand each. Yeah, but headline. When, but, it, like, if you read for a minute... Into the article, you're like, oh, he's just putting them up for auction on eBay. Yeah, and that's just what I people think are literally one of the headlines was like, uh, classic Klon pedal uh, manufactured by by original builder. Uh, you can get one if you've got $2,000. Right. Which is, you know, is implying that, just, that like Bill click, is selling them for $2,000. Clickbaity articles. That are getting the clicks. They work. So the first thing that's funny to me about it is I went and he's, again, he's auctioning these on eBay. Um, one, it sold for $2,026. The other one sold for $1,925. Right. Uh, so the price is going down. <laughs> the um, market is deflating on the these. Uh, but the thing that actually I thought was funny is t- today is is February the 14th. Happy Valentine's Day, uh, As Steve. we record this. The last one of these sold on January 13th. So even like the news outlets took a this, month. No, it was two months ago. No, it was one month ago. January 15th to... February. Oh, we're in February. I'm thinking March. Jeez, the year is like... to work with? Everyone's right. like... Everyone's I like, why my Ryan's so good at demoing and this and that and whatever. You made the classic guitar nerds... Hold on, Ryan. How? What year... Was 25 years ago. What year was 25 years what ago? What year was 25 years ago? Or what year was 25 years before 2012? 
why are we doing this right now? You and know like, I can't do that. Like the recent Guitar Nerds episodes, they talked about some company being around for like 25 years, but they closed shop in like 2012 or something. And uh, so they're like, so they're like, Joe, what is that? And I think it was Joe. And he's like, he's like, uh, uh, yeah. So this company was founded Sometime in 1977. It, oh no. I was going to like somewhere in the eighties. Yeah. It was 1987. Okay. 1987 to 2012 is 25 years. Anyway, yeah. see how easy that was. Guitar nerds, the world's number one guitar podcast. If you can't even subtract 25 from 2012, you probably can't actually, count one or two or three you're probably like the world's that's sixth why we're number. the world's best guitar podcast probably like the world's sixth guitar podcast we don't bring numbers into we're it we're probably like the world's ninth guitar podcast they're sixth and never mind <laughs> that was accidental um so anyway so that's one thing the other thing is like, yeah a lot of people are outraged saying that um he's selling these and if you know because on the KTR, there the slogan on the on the Klon KTR um, says, um, "Kindly remember the ridiculous hype that offends so many is not of our own making." Something like that. Yeah. And so people are saying, like, well, if he really wanted the hype to go away, he would he would flood the market and and you know break break up the the hype machine and whatever. Which I mean, I guess I get that to an extent. Um, or he wouldn't. It's a weird thing to hold against someone. Or he wouldn't be like. Oh, it's your fault because you don't you don't make stuff anymore. Yeah, or like he wouldn't auction them. Like he would he just ju- sell them. He would just sell them but at he, like the three hundred dollar price. He knows that if he sold one for three hundred dollars, the first person who's going to buy it is going to flip it for two grand. Yeah, yeah. And why? That's probably why he doesn't want to make them anymore. He's like, oh, I'm sure he gets like a lot of like aggro people and i know for a while like he he was really open like his phone number was public yeah so if you wanted to like call him and like had questions about your clone like you could call him you could call him and, and ask him um for clarity a lot of people are saying you know this isn't a new thing uh bill makes these from time to time and all the proceeds go to like his neighbor yeah and that is true but these specifically are being sold on ebay from by, the store by Klon direct sales is the name of the account right and they are claiming that this is Bill selling for Bill. Like yeah. this is this um, uh, because the arrangement, as far as I understood it, was he would make a pedal and give it to his neighbor who was like a widow or something like that. Yeah, and she would sell it on eBay. Right, right. So they, those are being sold by her. By her. Maybe eBay she's account. in good shape now. Maybe she doesn't need help anymore. And he's like, well, if I'm going to sell them, I'm going to sell them for me. Yeah, we who don't knows? know the situation. Maybe he's them. maybe he's actually making two at a time, and. Uh, you know, he makes two for himself and maybe you know, he knows. taught her how to make them. Ooh. That's a thought. Yeah. You teach uh teach someone how to fish scenario. You, you teach know? you teach somebody how to make if you teach somebody how to play a clon centaur, they play clon centaur for a day, but if you teach someone how you know, to make, make a clon centaur, then they clon centaur for the rest of their life. Yeah, there you go. Um I just think this is like a really funny thing and and, and I just I think it's, it's like ridiculous I, anytime anyone gets mad about anything like this. Like this is not the a thing in the world to get mad about. Like right. it's not like you can't get this sound. This sound you can get like hundreds of different pedals now that are this circuit. Which is the other part of it is, you know, people are saying like, oh well, you know, this is this hype machine that that he's created and like he should just mass produce these. The people who are mad and whatever. 
The but, people the people who are mad are mad because they didn't get one when they were cheaper and they're not making money off of it. They're, right. They're angry, like wish they could flippers. Right. That's the reality of it. Like no one who doesn't want a clon and doesn't want to do the work to flip one is mad about this. Yeah. I think there's, you know, I think there's a, there's a definite, even owning a new one, I think there's like a nostalgia factor to it because it's, it's, you're getting the real, real deal. Right. I'm not saying it's worth $2,000, but I understand why people are driven to that. I have, um, I have seen people say like people who, um, have played like tons of different clones, uh, say, um, that there's something about this original centaur that is, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intangibly different that there's like a, there's a, there's a certain like thickness to the sound sure. that you can't necessarily, there is a case, like you hear it, but you can't, yeah. but you don't know how to describe it. There is a case to be made for having the real thing, having the real experience. There's also a, a case to be made for, uh, case design yeah does affect tone too like there's people who have measured that you know you put the same exact guts from a fuzz face from the original you know landmine size case into a smaller box and it changes the tone because the case is part of the component shielding yeah the shielding and just the uh faraday cage yeah exactly uh Like there could be that element to the original clone. Maybe it maybe maybe it's the black goop. Maybe the black goop changes the sound of Well it and, to some and also level. I've seen um and maybe it's you know this the frame of mind or the uh where Bill was when he was building the original ones where he was measuring components different or something like that. I know there are certain pedals, like I think the PCE aluminum falcon is um supposed to be a part for part copy of the clon yeah centaur um but other companies that do it that are fitting this circuit into like uh hammond 125 they're de- they might be the, a component for component like um from a measured standpoint they sure. might be you know using the same value caps and the same value you know resistors and whatever transistors i don't know how this i don't know the, mm-hmm. all the parts involved in this but it's they're different. It's a different style of part. And, you know, you can argue that sure. because a lot of companies have scaled down from through hole components to SM, SMD components with minimal impact on like the circuit sound. But, you know, th- there's probably something to be, be said in some cases, it, it maybe it does matter. And this might be one of those cases where using big analog components through uh, and like a turret board design, which I think these are like turret board mounted or like some kind of like simple hand board versus doing like a populated through hole or an SMD design like that, that could make a difference. Sure. I mean, maybe it, it's it, the goop, man. The goop is the, the tone. Goop. At the end of the day, it's like there's people who are big fans of this pedal, but I think more than that, there's people who are big fans of the flip. Right. And they, they wish they could get one at a deal so that they could flip it. And they wish that he would just sell them at market price of what he used to sell them at so that they could sit on eBay and obsess over it and feel like they have a chance to win a lottery ticket, basically. Mm-hmm. 
Like the only reason people are paying two grand for these on eBay is because people are paying two grand for them on eBay. Like it's a self-feeding thing. Like it it might it could just be worth the you know the parts list. It could be worth forty five dollars if no one cared about it, you know. And it would just be reduced to like, oh, here's a weird pedal that I found on eBay. I'm gonna risk forty five dollars on it. But because people care about it and because there's this history of people paying big money for it. It's become this ridiculous object of obsession that people think they have legitimate feelings over without actually wanting the pedal. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want one. I'm totally fine having my uh, sacred cow by Mojo hand for when I do need a clon sound, which is almost never. Yeah. Because it's not my sound. You know what we forgot to do, Ryan? What did we forget to do? We forgot do? to do our other sponsor spots. Let's do our other sponsor spots. Uh, this episode is brought to you guys by uh, Daddario.com. Daddario XL Strings. They have six different models of string. The Nickel Wound, which is what these guys are. Uh, the Pro Steels, which are b- going to be brighter. Half Rounds. Uh, pure Nickel. Chromes, which are flat wounds. And EXP Coated. Uh, this lineup gives you a variety of string choices so you can find the perfect feel and tone for your playing style. I've actually been meaning to pull one of the sets out of here and put them on a guitar because I broke a string in the middle of a demo. That's the what other I heard. Day. I broke a string on the uh, the Squire Telecaster. That's Which string that. is it? The low E. Oh. Believe it or you not. You didn't even pull the string off, so I didn't. I was actually going to pull that off the wall earlier when we were messing around. Oh, just checked my balls. Not Daddario's in here. The Darios. The Darios. How did Darios? I think these are literally the strings that came with the guitar. Oh yeah, probably. Squire should be used to Darios. Check your balls, boys. Uh, So these strings are made in the United States. You know what state they're made in? New York City. No, not New York City. Just they're just made in New York. Yeah. So I head on over to Darios.com. The link will be in the show notes. Find the XL string that's right for you. Yeah. Cool. Who's our other sponsor? Our other sponsor is Chase Bliss. Chase Bliss. I got a pedal from them over here. I got the Dark World right here in my hand. Ooh, fancy. On one side, you've got a springy, platy, or holly reverb. You know, traditional reverbs. On the other side, you've got mod, shim, and black settings, which give you all kinds of experimental crazy sounds. Ooh. I don't know if you had a talking point figured out for Chase Bliss, but I, I just kind of no, like... I don't took control and took over the situation uh go check out chase bliss they make pedals that are more creative than you are check out all the dip switches on the back of these things watch some demos watch some videos have your mind blown there's so much that each chase bliss pedal can do you won't believe it it's ridiculous chase bliss audio.com digital brain analog heart go check those guys out all right let's uh let's keep moving weird this Deep. is gonna be a long one. I feel uh, bad for our sponsors that they got pushed so back to the. Yeah, <laughs> we're supposed to do them kind of towards the middle. Um, we this, don't have to do anything. We're, we're the ones who set the rules, but it's like a, I this feel bad. ad is called "Why I'm Paying You Three Hundred Dollars to Buy My Schecter I'll put C1 a C1 lo- Custom." I'll put a logo bump at the beginning of the episode. Spider Four Seventy Five Six Hundred and Fifty Dollars. Hey there. Long story short, I met my role model Jason Capital. Th- One hundred thousand subscribers on YouTube. I wish we had 100,000 subscribers. Seriously. I mean, we're a third of the way there. Uh, A few days ago at his high status summit where I promised him I would come up with $1,200 each month, each month to join his Kaizen mastermind to be mentored by him and become a six figure copywriter. Okay, hold on.
So he's going to pay this guy $14,000 a year to become a hundred thousand dollar okay or whatever well we don't know what kind um, of six figures he's talking about he could be talking about nine hundred and ninety-nine thousand dollars a year um i promised him i would come up with the money within one week parentheses two days left so i'm letting go of my Shecker c1 custom along with my spider 475 watts for 650 dollars one thousand one hundred dollar retail price altogether yeah but it's not new uh to help make this an easier offer for you i'm willing to pay you back three hundred dollars within the next 60 days via text and meetup. So basically, I'm letting it go for $350. I'm completely broke right now, so I'm willing to lose money up front to make more by joining uh, by joining his mastermind. So I'm seeing this as a long-term investment. If you'd like to buy, if you'd like to buy a Schecter C1 customer along with Spider 475 watt at a fair price while helping me fund my dreams, uh, then read the details below. Schecter C1 Custom is six years old, but in like new condition. It's only it's only missing a piece that goes in the hole where you plug in the cable. My guess is that the piece only costs about fifteen dollars. Other than that, it plays very well and has a powerful sound. The amp itself is also powerful considering it's seventy five watts. It also comes with a free guitar stand and, and strap. Um, I think the first thing I would say is um, I feel bad for this guy. I mean, if this is a legit story. I feel bad for him because it sounds like he's getting scammed. I just, okay. Uh, he says or he's trying to scam someone. He says he wants to become a six figure copywriter. And I, I think like his thousand twelve hundred dollars each month, each month would probably be better invested in like some creative writing classes at the local community college. Yeah. Like I, I'm not saying like that is all it takes to be a copywriter, but I think it's actually a pretty good place to start. The the college that I went to that was that was uh, oriented on advertising had a copywriting program. Mm-hmm. I don't think most of those people make six figures, like even close. I don't think copywriters make. You'd probably have to be like, you'd probably have to have been a copywriter that moved your way up to like the director of marketing at like a decent right. sized marketing firm or like corporation. And it's like a, it's not just like. Oh, take a course and now you're it's not like this is a in demand job where like we don't have enough copywriters. We gotta we gotta like hire whoever we can at whatever price we'll pay. Like it's not like he's giving away like a secret lesson into a secret mm-hmm. profession that no one knows about. Like you can become you just take some creative writing courses and focus on Writing. Uh, if you don't know what copywriting is, you're writing copy for advertisements, yeah. which is the the text blocks in Co- advertisements. Copywriting is is what uh, I occasionally do on YouTube videos. Right, right. It's, and sometimes I go, oh, this I can. I've got a cute two liner for this. That's copywriting. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different copy areas, copy like editing the, is when Ryan used to put captions on his videos, and half of it was barely English. And right, I had right. to edit it all. That's copy editing. In that you case, should have made, you should have made six figures doing in that. In that case, Ryan was copywriting and I was copy fixing. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't really copywriting, Ryan. You were copy wronging. I was copy wronging for sure. Um, if this guy's story is real, I feel bad for him that he's getting sucked into this like internet personality. Yeah, we like, did. We did some multi level. Quick- marketing scam we did some thing. quick reading on it and it sounds like he's one of these guys that gives life advice for like you know a hundred dollars a month or a thousand dollars a month or whatever and what that really entails is 
you look at this guy and go like, wow, he's so successful. But the reason he's so successful is he's convinced a hundred people to give him a thousand dollars a month in exchange for like, you know, half an hour of his week for each person. I shot video at a conference that was for one of these people, but it was like a, like a guru sort of situation, yeah. like a metaphysical spiritual sort of thing. And some of these people were paying like way more than that per oh, month yeah. to this person. And it made me feel really sad for them. No, I, I mean, that's look guys, we're going to get to it right now. We're going to ditch the rest of this ad. Are we ready to pitch the inner circle? Um, <laughs> this week, I'd like to thank, uh, we're going to thank uh, two new people for supporting our program. Uh, at the $1 level, it's Chris Franklin. $1, not $1,000. At the $10 level, which is the inner circle level, is Tim Cornfield. And whether it's a dollar, $10, $25, $26, dollars $100, we don't care. $1,000. Uh, we really appreciate when you guys support the show. And when you support the show at the $10 or higher level, you do get uh, small group semi-personal access to Ryan and I. Listen, you pay us $1,000 a month and I will teach you how to film demos in your garage <laughs> and make upwards of hundreds of dollars. <laughs> uh, let's couch that. Men make upwards of tens of dollars. <laughs> you too could be drowning in pedals for the low, low price of $1,000 a month. To me a month. <laughs> I will send you pedals. <laughs> I feel bad. That you this- can't pitch Patreon that way. That's illegal. <laughs> We're not pitching Patreon. We're pitching the inner circle. There's oh, a yeah, difference. Yeah. Um, you get to the inner circle through Patreon, but there's, <laughs> there's other ways to do it too. Yeah, you can get to it through Podbean, but yeah. I don't like that way. <laughs> Patreon's more convenient. But I feel bad that this guy's he's he's trying to grift someone, right? He might be innocent, but he is grifting this someone. guy. Yeah, yeah, because like, he's like, "Oh, pay me six fifty, I'll give you three I mean, maybe back. he's really convinced, like that in two months he's going to be able to turn his life around and he's going to have this money. He's like, this "I'll extra glad, money. I'll glad you, gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today." Yeah. Situation, like, yeah, is ridiculous. Like this whole, I hope this ad is made up and like a. a I don't think it's made like up. Like a parody of another ad that's going on or something like that. Oh it's yeah, so, it's so sad. It's so like. I don't know, dude. This is says it's in Stockton, and if that's Stockton, California, this is probably it's real. Legit. It's real. Ugh. Ugh, sorry, guys. Um. So yeah, this is this is rough. Also, this is not a good price. I no. would. I would. Uh, well, let's you can see. tell this guy makes bad life decisions because he's got a Schecter and a Line Six, <laughs> a Schecter C1 Custom, and this amp. Um. He says it's. A th- I mean, the Schecters are fine guitars. Yeah. But he says this is a eleven hundred dollar retail price. I guess I would say like maybe, I think six fifty is high for this, but five hundred, four hundred, five hundred sounds about right. Yeah. Um, I feel like I yeah, in this scenario I would go for the guitar and leave the amp. Sure. You know. I also think in this scenario I would, um, if I really wanted this, I would not help this guy out because there's no reason to help. I this don't is want him weird. to have that money to give to that other guy. Yeah. He's going to give this guy the best thing that could happen to this guy is he doesn't he doesn't get the money. What 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 the reason this works for people is because they bu- they buy into this system. They pay this guy money 
And this guy gives them advice and they do it. But it's like you said, it's like this self-help guru kind of thing where the guy tells them like you pay this guy like a thousand dollars a month. And he very convincingly tells you, you know, what? if you just approach people with a positive attitude and a go getter and you, whenever you, life rejects you, you just say, you know what? This is a learning experience. And you use that opportunity to better yourself like you will make better decisions. Like you will have better, a better financial life because you know, you're, you'll always be hustling. Steve, I told you not to give away that advice for free. (laughs) Oh, I'm not a positive person, (laughs) but that, but that's really like you're paying this guy. And, and because you're paying this person to give you this advice, you're like, wow, he's so successful. And that's the way it was when I must work. When I filmed that, like, like spiritual guru conference, it was like basically telling people like just believe in yourself and yeah. like set goals and then try to make them happen happen. Yeah. But they were like believing that the person leading the conference was giving them the spiritual energy to do it. Right. I mean, some people kind of like need that extra push. Like it's like how you won't take advice from your parents, Not but you'll thousands of dollars. You'll take this month, you'll take though. the same advice from like your your therapist. Right. Hopefully your therapist is doing more than unlock. Well, hopefully your therapist is unlocking the inner workings of your mind since that's hopefully your therapist is just listening to you talk. Cause that's probably what you need is just yeah. someone to talk to. I feel like I've just un- like said something that is, sounds like it's undermining psychotherapy and absolutely. I'm a firm believer in the usage of therapy. I mean, if, if stuff works for you, it works for you. I just don't think if you're, if you're paying, $1,200 a month for it, it better really, really be working for you. That's all I got to say. All right, let's get out of here. Tell us about the song, Steve. This is a long episode. I know. I'm <sighs> so long. Um, Why did we go so long? Because we were talking about Ryan Adams. I know. Uh, this song was sent by Ian Ferguson. By the way, we're running out of songs again, so Uh-oh. send us uh, your MP3s or whatever, 60cyclehumcast at gmail.com. Unless this you're song, Ryan Adams, then we don't want to hear that the, stuff. The, this song was sent by Ian Ferguson. He says this song is called Panacea Dust. That's pronounced Panacea. I know what Panacea is, man. I'm a scientist. Uh, it has a Boss VO1. It's pretty neat. Sincerely, Ian Ferguson. Hope you enjoy the song. Bye, everybody. See ya.